You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Feed with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. And yourself? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> We've had a good week here. What was that? At Massive Late Fee. It was just a giant pause. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, pretty good week here at, at Massive Late Fee. Mike, anything in the news that you've seen as far as uh, entertainment or morons? Uh, no, not really. I haven't really been paying attention to the news lately. There's a new movie out. Uh, we talk, We actually talked about it when we talked about the Netflix movies coming out. I think it's called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. It's the new Charlie Kaufman movie. Yeah, I've heard about this. Uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, one very intrepid individual by the name of, I'll, I'll give you his name in one second, uh, Raphael Bob Wakesburg. I don't know who he is. Uh, I think he's a, a writer or something, like an entertainment writer. But he said, uh, who is your favorite non-white character from Charlie Kaufman's entire filmography, written or directed? I suppose pointing out that there's not people of color or not a lot of people of color outside of, I guess, Octavia Spencer for five seconds and being John Malkovich in uh, Charlie Kaufman's movies. Like that's like a zinger or a got you or something or something like that. And I took a little bit of offense to that as a writer myself, because while I will occasionally, you know, introduce a, a character of color or, or something like that or a different sexual orientation to something I'm writing. It's not something that I write a lot about and I don't write I don't write things focused on those issues because I don't have a personal emotional connection to those issues. So I responded to him, he hasn't responded to me. But I responded to him, uh did he grow up with people of color? Does he know anything about them? Could he confidently write stories about them? It seems to me that diversity and inclusion means giving creators of color and different genders an equal outlet like Ryan Coogler and not tearing down people. People of color and women have been under historically underrepresented in Hollywood and everything. And that's definitely true. But the the solution isn't destroy all white males who are writing scripts and say, hey, you know, like Charlie, it's, it, you're, we're not talking about Michael Bay. <laughs> you know what I mean, we're, we're not talking about some hack. We're not talking about like Zack Snyder or something like that, like some horrible hack. Like Charlie Coffin makes interesting films and he's an interesting filmmaker. And it's and like Charlie Coffin is like the whitest guy out there. He's yeah. like he's like Ken Burns white. Like he's like, you know, like a Spike, only Spike Lee can really give like a really well-known nuance, like, you know, view on like a. No actual uh, African American people like to get into the deep white, super like secretive uh, white cultures. You need to get like Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, exactly. And he's extra white. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having his point of view in in movies out there uh, alongside the the problem is is that the problem isn't this that Charlie Kaufman makes movies. The problem is is that historically Hollywood has uh, not given opportunities to guys like Ryan Coogler or or guys like. 
Jordan Peele, guy, guys that are making or or women that are making, you know, movies about them or women like Jordan Peele. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or women like uh, who is that? Geraldine, right? <laughs> Wasn't that Flip Wilson dressed up as? What? <laughs> Come on, that's a that's a hip nineteen sixty eight reference for the audience. <laughs> so, it, it, you know that the, my point of view is that you shouldn't be shitting on Charlie Kaufman. You should be saying, "Hey, it's it's good that other people have these opportunities too." Yes, finally, finally, <laughs> people like Charlie Kaufman get an opportunity to make movies. Exactly. <laughs> but I don't know. I might super whites. I might see that movie. I've heard some interesting things about it. It seems interesting. Sounds like a fucking David Lynch movie from what I've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Bauman would love it then. From, uh, so speaking of weird movies, uh, going into the ID IMDB game, Mike, I've got one that I think you are going to get. So let's start with drugs, alcohol, and smoking. The first thing it says, drugs. None. <laughs> None? Uh, yeah, that's what it says. Um, when one of the characters appears on screen, he is often seen smoking a large cigar or drinking. Hmm. I'm thinking this is some kind of old-timey comedian that uh, this person is. This is Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. Nah, yeah, see? What you doing there? I, I'm not. I'm not going to answer that question, but I am going to make that joke. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. No. Let's see. Profanity. Oh, way more profane than the source material. <laughs> I love it. That's just. That's not an instance of profanity. That's just a commentary, I guess. Uh, Twenty-six instances of fuck. Seven. Seven of shit. Three of son of a bitch, six of whore, two of dick, one of asshole, one whispered use of ass. <laughs> ass. <laughs> That's the best, uh, the best description we've ever pulled from these. <laughs> Three uses of bastard, at least five used of hell, a dozen of goddamn, two of prick. Ass. Ass. Um... Is this Casino Royale? No. All right. Let me see sex and nudity. If uh, I can find one that doesn't totally give away the movie. Oh, you know what's hilarious? <laughs> it's this. I think the first three are like three long paragraphs about the same scene. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Okay. Glimpses of... That's oh damn it. No, that's that's still just someone just I think someone just wrote an entire rant about the nudity in this movie because all of these are like they're continue I've never seen this before. They're continuing from one another. So let's see. Um there's talk of yes. <laughs> there's talk of heroin and child pornography. We see full frontal male nudity. Uh, there is some female frontal nudity, one one expo- exposing of bare breasts. 
Uh, let's see. And then someone someone <laughs> says someone says you fucking homo. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> that actually sounds familiar. The last part, uh, but I guess the crow. I don't think that's it though. No, no. Although not a bad guess. All right, let's see violence and gore. Uh, a man is brutally beaten by getting punched, <laughs> thrown across the room, having his head smashed on the glass counter, and his arm or hand seemingly stabbed hard, as opposed to soft stabbing. We see his face covered in blood in the aftermath. He is then thrown through the window and falls to his death. We then see his corpse lying on the floor with blood po- pooling on the sidewalk. Hmm. Was this uh, the Wizards of Waverly Place, the movie? <laughs> That's correct. Alex Russo uh, beats the fuck out of somebody. Oh, I don't know. I, I, you know the name. I didn't know it that deep, Mark. Oh, my, my daughter loved that show when she was a kid. Uh, you know what's funny, too, is Dom DeLuise's son is in, is in that show. He plays the dad. I can't remember his name. Which one of his sons? Yeah, I don't remember. The one or the one from 21 Jump Street? Uh, I think it is the one from 21 Jump Street, actually. Peter, I think. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Peter DeLuise. That's right. That's who it is. Uh, A man gets his arms sawn off. Blood is seen spraying everywhere and covering a wall as a man screams in pain. When we see the bloody stumps uh, where his arms used to be, very brief blood spurts squirting out as the man falls to the ground. Is this the running man? No. Uh, There is a fight in an alley. You see a compound fracture when an elbow pops out his blood sprays and one arm and leg snapping slash breaking. Another attacker is stabbed in the neck, uh, though with little blood. One of them is used as a human shield and is shot in the back with spurting wounds. This... This sounds familiar. I, I cannot think of it. Is it a blue streak? No. It's actually Silver Streak, the uh, the Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor movie. <laughs> uh, a man hacks another man's head with a cleaver. Matter is shown briefly. I assume they mean brain matter. Um. Jeez, is this uh, Shaun of the Dead? No. Dogs are shown fighting over a dead girl's leg. Is this one of the Purge movies? No. Two young men tease a boy about his mother and make crude sexual remarks. The boy becomes enraged, strikes one young man with a hammer, and tackles the other and bites his face. We see the boy's bloody mouth. Well, I th- yeah. I thought, we, I thought we've done this before. Isn't this, is this The Watchman? It is The Watchman. Yeah, see, I feel that I felt that we did this before because I was going to guess it, but I'm like, I, I think we already did that one. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong though. I don't think we did the Watchmen. That uh, nudity section is so weird. It's just like he just continues his sentence into it. It's like he ran out of characters and was just like, okay, I got more to say about this. Nice. I I, I don't know for sure that you've seen this movie, but if you haven't, then you really should. It's, okay. It's a uh, it's it's great. All right. Uh, Orgasmo. Again. No. <laughs> Two men fight, and it ends when one of them is impaled on a piece of wood from furniture. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, 
Idle hands? No. During the motel fight scene, the fight spills into another room, interrupting a porno shoot. A woman's bare breasts are briefly shown. Blink and you'll miss it. Hotel fight. Um. I like how like they're just like that desperate to put nudity into a movie. They're like, yeah, there's a porno being filmed in the next room, and you break in there. <laughs> right. Perfect. Um. Hmm. Is it one of the Kill Bills? No. All right. There's a large brawl in a shopping mall between the main character and many security guards. Many men are punched, kicked, elbowed, and brutalized. Hmm. In a mall. Um, Commando? Commando. Nice! I have Did we do this one now, Beta? No. I I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. But I have seen Commando. Good. Everyone should. We're we're closing in on 100 episodes, so... We we might eventually start to repeat ourselves when it comes to I mean not we haven't done the IMDB game a hundred times, but it's getting up there. Yeah. Speaking of getting up there, uh <laughs> Mike, I haven't been getting up to the casino very often <laughs> because <laughs> nice. be- because it's closed and you know, coronavirus and all that stuff and people aren't wearing masks and I don't even know how you do that. I'm sure you can, I feel like you can still smoke there. So if you're smoking, you're probably not, you know, doing a great job of covering up your face. Right. And that's probably one of the best things you can do for respiratory illnesses. Start smoking. But instead right. instead of smoking and instead of going up to the casino, I'm going to mybookie.ag, Mike, to place all my bets on the NBA playoffs and the nfl season starting and that means the winning season is back which means that my bookie is going to double your first deposit as long as you use our promo code uh massive fees all caps massive fees deposit up to a thousand dollars and you get which when you think about it isn't a great code for something you want to discount on (laughs) give me massive fees fees. give me more discount Oh my goodness! No, man, no massive fees at my bookie. Just clean living and uh, excellent betting. Mike, have you, have you ever be... have you ever had a bookie shoot your kneecaps off because you didn't pay a bet? It's funny. I was just gonna say you don't want to be uh, you know worried some Sicilian's gonna show up at your front door at two in the morning. Exactly. So, you know so I mean. just go with mybookie.ag. Don't get shot in the face like that guy from Uncut Gems. Yeah, Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was his character's name. Did you always come out with a Halloween movie on Netflix? Oh, God. I don't remember what it's called. I, I cared so little that I didn't even finish the, the one-word title. Just when you thought <laughs> you gave up halfway through the, t- the one word of the title. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not a long word, either. It's like five letters. Like It's like a, there's an H. It's like Hundy or something. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Fuck this. I don't need to know about this. Just when you thought that uh, Halloween movies couldn't get worse than Boo, a Medea Halloween. Adam Sandler just comes when, out with one. Just when the dipshits get the all clear. Hubie Halloween, it's called. 
See, that's a hubby or hubby. Hubie. Cubie. Quibby. Quibby Halloween. It's coming directly to Quibby. No, he has a uh, he has a, a deal with Netflix. The pr- How often do you think that people behind Quibby think about jumping from a window at this point? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If they felt like jumping through a window because of the, how much money they're losing on launching the disaster that is Quibby, instead, they should bet on the Lakers in the NBA Finals. <laughs> At mybookie.ag using our code massive fees and get their their three thousand dollars. Oh man, I don't even know who's in the playoffs at this point. I believe LA's playing the uh Houston Rockets. Oh yeah, I guess James Oh yeah. Yeah, James. Yeah, you're right. I was I was surprised rather, but I forgot that Harden is uh, on in isn't Chris Paul on the Rockets now too? Probably. I believe, uh, what's his name? Russell Westbrook as well, correct? That is right, Mike. <laughs> well, then I want them to win because I don't like uh, anybody on the uh, Lakers. You don't like LeBron James? Oh, did he Did he go to the Lakers? <laughs> yes. That must have been an off-season uh, story I missed. Yeah. Do you don't like uh, whoever the Kardashians are dating? I assume they're dating some Lakers. <laughs> I, you're probably right. Oh, wait, Anthony Davis, I don't like him. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's a- these, uh, this brand of Ruffles potato chips that, like, it's an Anthony Davis, like, uh, he's on there. Yeah. The chips are very good, but it's just, like, by image, I'll get his fucking eyebrows the entire time. It just makes me want to throw up. Oh, that's not who I was thinking of. Yeah, Anthony Davis is the one with the, the, the big, bushy eyebrows. I was thinking of, who was I thinking it's of? It's the uh, Debbie Moore of eyebrows. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was thinking of the dude that, uh, what was his name? I think it was Anthony something else. But he, uh, like he he had some scandals with some uh, underage girls, like seventeen year old girls or something like that. I can't remember. I was gonna ask if the chips make you want to sleep with seventeen year old girls, but that doesn't uh, that doesn't fit with Anthony Davis, who, as far as I know, has not done that. <laughs> Yeah, probably not. But you know who else doesn't uh, approve of underage uh, gambling is mybookie.ag. What they do approve of is that they have thousands of bets to choose from, the full slate of NFL games and the NBA playoffs, live betting to championship futures. Every play you want to make is waiting at mybookie.ag. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, and collect your cash. Mike. I still can't believe our discount code is massive fee. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what it is. I, I don't know if that should be what it is. <laughs> massive fees, all caps. All caps, like you're yelling it. I've got massive fees. What's the discount code? Massive fees. Oh, there. I guess I don't want to subscribe now. <laughs> Get your subscription. Just so outrageous. You can't even use it in a complete sentence. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of... No, you just, I want to put on the Tigers. I still think they have a chance to uh, to win the uh, Central. Yeah, I agree. Even though uh, Scopes fucking destroyed his hand, apparently, earlier in the game. Yeah, that that did not look good at all. Oh, no, sorry, it's late fees. Not massive fees. Oh, okay. It's yeah, late fees. That's, that's a lot better. Late that's fees. A lot better. Late fees is better. And it's good to have the correct code as well. Yeah, use... Use the code late fees. If you use massive fees, 
uh, AG will send that guy that killed Adam Sandler to your house. <laughs> so don't don't do that. Oh, he's not going to kill you. He's going to make you watch fucking Uncut Jibs again, which is even worse. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you should play that outside the uh, compound next time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But speaking of Adam Sandler, you want to know the premise to Hubie Hancock or Hubie Halloween? Not, espe- not especially. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> Good-natured but eccentric community volunteer Hubie. Who plays that? Who plays that character? Hubie. Hubie Dubois, Adam Sandler, finds himself at the center of a real murder that, case. That'll be why he has a French accent, by the way. Yeah. Oh, hello. He's gonna. It's gonna be like that. That kind, though. Oh, I, I talk like this on the day. He finds himself at the center of. Yeah, it's a, finally the movie about that character. He finds himself his classic Saturday Night Live character. I believe it was French Boy. Cajun man. Yeah, he finds himself at the center of a real murder case on Halloween night. Despite his devotion to his hometown of Salem, Massachusetts, very, very inventive. And its legendary Halloween celebration, Hubie is a figure of mockery for kids and adults alike. Oh, so Adam Sandler, it's a real stretch for Adam Sandler. It's coming out October 7th on Netflix if you want to cancel your Netflix account now. <laughs> He's, he still has a lot more movies to be made with him, doesn't he? I think so, yeah. I think he's got at least like four or five more. I mean, the, the, they don't come to... His movies don't come to the theaters anymore. They just... They they have an $80 million budget, and then they just get dumped on Netflix. And apparently enough people are watching them to justify them giving him more and more deals. I have no idea how, but... It's weird, I guess... I wonder how much he, make, how much he makes off of each Netflix movie. Well, I think I think his fees usually like twenty million dollars, something like that. He has got to have a just a ton of money. Yeah, it's not like he's buying a lot of fancy clothes or anything. So the the guy that directed this, his name Stephen Brill. As a director, Brill was one of the central players alongside Harvey Weinstein in the two thousand seven two thousand eight fanboys reshoot slash editing controversy. I don't. I don't. I know what Fanboys is. It's a movie about these like twenty-year-olds that one of them's dying of cancer, and they take a road trip to Lucas Ranch to see a cut of the Phantom Menace before this kid dies. Basically, they're they're all huge Star Wars fans, and I, I real disappointment. I've got to be for that too before it dies. But it came out like, you know, before the the movie actually came out. Um, I don't know what the reshoot slash editing controversy is, though. I know that one guy, Jay, what's his name is in it? The one from, you know, Seth Rogen's buddy. Jay Burrishell? Yeah, sure. Oh, is this is this a documentary? I thought it was a documentary, but... I, no, no, I no. It's, yeah, it's fiction. Uh, let's see. So this dude... So that'd be really tragic if, uh, you know, that was, like, someone's last wish. And, like, you know, I, I mean, obviously I'm not a Star Wars fan myself, but that seemed like a lot of people really didn't care for that first movie. No. No, it's no good. So here's the filmography of Stephen Brill. Apparently he wrote the first two Mighty Ducks movies. Nice. And he wrote and directed the movie Heavyweights, which I contend is actually a, a pretty good movie. Um... He wrote and directed Little Nicky. 
Uh, he directed Mr. Deeds, Without a Paddle, Drill Bit Taylor, Movie 43, Walk of Shame, which is where his career's gone, apparently. The do-over, Sandy Wexler, and now Hubie Halloween. Very good. That's a pretty steep downturn. <laughs> From 1995, I mean, the height of 1995, his the height of his career was 1995 with heavyweights. I can yeah, I was gonna say I, I know you're. I, I'm a big fan of D2 myself. D2, uh, yeah, D2's good. But that, yeah, I just don't understand how they go from from facing the world's greatest hockey players of like their age, mm-hmm. then the then the next year they're facing the varsity team. Yeah, that is that is the most ridiculous thing ever. They. They beat the best players in the world in the like the junior Olympics, but then they struggle with the varsity of a high school team. Right. I mean, yeah, it's like a prep uh, team that gave everybody in the Ducks a scholarship, which makes sense. Right. But um, yeah, it it doesn't make any sense why they would just be able to. These are all clearly like the greatest, like you know, of their generation hockey players. It's mm-hmm. like having like the two thousand two Red Wings on a junior <laughs> hockey team, and not even when they were kids, just them as adults. Yeah, I mean, you got a fucking guy who throws a rope over people and he gets away with it. That's how good these guys are. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand how they struggle to beat that 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 varsity team. But eventually, they wow, they're they're four inches taller than the last guys we played. <laughs> eventually, they do the flying V. They all get blown off sides, and and the movie ends. I don't remember how D three ends. Do they win the big game? Uh, you know, I, I gave up. I didn't care. Much like Hubie, I uh, I gave up halfway through. Yeah. But you gave up halfway through that title. <laughs> well, if it's Hubie Halloween, I gave up a quarter way through the title. <laughs> <laughs> you got to H-U and you were like, oh, wait, it's Adam Sandler. Screw it. Basically, yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah. Uh, I don't. I mean, part of me wants to cover it for the show. <laughs> When it comes out, and then part of me wants to claw my own eyes out, so I don't know which side will win. But we're probably not going to do it. I have, I have so I so have no interest in anything Adam Sandler does anymore. Yeah, uh, I, I thought the do over was okay. That's really more of a David Spade joint, but he's in it. I haven't seen that one yet. I've, it's not I've, bad. I've seen it a couple times. I think the only one I've seen of his net, well, the only two I've seen from his Netflix output is that murder mystery one, and then the ridiculous six, which I did not watch all of. I watched probably, I don't know, maybe the first half hour, and then I was like, yeah, yeah, that's about how much I saw. And I saw the, I think we watched a murder mystery thing for the show, and that was that's so bad. It's such a terrible, terrible movie for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, and then I so many people were like, "Oh, it's not bad. It's like it's decent for an Adam Sandler movie." And it's like, "Oh my god, what is wrong with you?" First of all, who the fuck are you to have that low of a standard and try and impose it upon me? Right. It was better than Jack and Jill. Right, right. That's your that's your barometer there. But was it better than That's My Boy? That's what I want to know. Fuck no. Because if it wasn't better than That's My Boy, then then you need to get the fuck out of here. That's my boy or better. That's the way I, how I feel about Adam Taylor movies. That's right. I have a sign that says, that's my boy or better, and I pick it outside of his house every day while nice. California burns to the ground because of a gender reveal party. Did you hear about that? 
Is that what causes it to happen? You see, I read an article. I know that causes the big the big fire to happen. Well, that's what I that's what I heard. Who knows though? So it's so hard to track the well, actual. Was origin. it a boy or a girl? I believe it was a boy and a raging fire. Jeez. Yep. No good. I do talk with uh, Mara Wilson sometimes on on Twitter, though. You know who that is? Yeah. You do, really? Yeah. All right. Well, I won't explain to anybody else then who it is. Mike, explain to the fellas at home, the guys at home who Mara Wilson is. <laughs> uh, she was mostly a child actress, actor. She was uh, in... Uh, well, what's uh, the movie uh, Mrs. Doubtfire? She was yep. a little girl in that. She That's was correct. in um, Matilda, I believe. Yep. <laughs> Fuck, you do she know. She may have been on Full House or one of those shows. I don't know if she was or not. I think she was in the movie. Uh, was she in that? Yeah, she. I think she was in Get Off the Phone. Yes, she was definitely in Get Off the Phone with. Uh, she was on the phone. With Fred Stoller. <laughs> Fred Stoller. She said, Mr. Stoller, I need you to stay on this phone. Uh, I gotta talk to Mark. <laughs> He's like, use Twitter. Her her latest tweet says, "Every guy pitching his movie in 1997 to 2002. What if there were multiple stories and they intersected, but maybe came together at the end? Every executive in 1997 to 2002. Holy fucking shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's." Uh, that's fairly accurate. That was yeah. that was the um, like the movie Go. Yes, exactly. That that was the that was the Pulp Fiction influence. Yeah, that was the Pulp Fiction effect for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's about two years after. Wait, when did Pulp Fiction come out? Like ninety four, ninety five, ninety four. Yep, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, that's an that's you can tell it's an influential movie when like the rest of the decade people are trying <laughs> to you know copy you and even like. In the 2000s, like those scary movie things would parody it and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I feel maybe I'm wrong, but no, you're right. Totally right. You're totally right, dude. Um, Even movie 43, directed by uh, Adam Sandler, uh, you know, Stephen Tor, Stephen Brill. Yes, that's his name, Stephen Brill. Mighty Ducks Forever. That's not a bad. You know, that wasn't a bad idea though, C- Coach Bombay. Like, I'll give Stephen Brill credit. He came up with the idea of, you know, hockey, but it's kids. Yeah, it's it's the Bad News Bears. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But uh, Emilio Estevez is no Walter Matthau. No. Or Billy Bob Thornton, who was very good in the uh, remake. And I even said it with a southern accent. Yeah, that's right. And Baby Bob. In solidarity with Billy Bob. You want southern. I can't do it, but I can go maybe Georgia. Well, so now. Now, sir, don't don't offend me. That's kind of Georgia. Somehow, I feel that the uh, like West Virginia, like the state that formed because they didn't want to be part of the South during the Civil War, has like the most aggressive Southern accents. <laughs> they do. It's those hills. I mean, unless man. you count, I mean, Mississippi, Mississippi's pretty bad too. Yeah. Well, and uh, f- you know, Florida is is a Florida Southern accent is. I don't know. I don't know that I call it aggressive necessarily. It just sounds. I, when you think of a hick, the Florida like redneck, it's a Florida accent and a Florida haircut. Yeah, absolutely. 
100% agree. It's some guy with a fucking shitty mustache that's overgrown over his lips, and it's somehow probably blonde. Mm-hmm. He's not wearing a shirt. Uh, his pants appear to have been fashioned out of, uh, or his shorts appear to have been fashioned out of pants at some point. Yeah. He's wearing socks up to his knees and boots. There's a patch over his zipper. Yes. It's Joe Dirt, basically. Yeah, it's Joe Dirt. It's Joe Exotic. That That's that's who he is. Joe Exotic. That's right. I still, to this day, am shocked every time I think about the fact that he's not from Florida. It is weird. Part of that story took place in Florida, but uh, Oklahoma, I guess Oklahoma's kind of low, low-key redneck, too, huh? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, I guess. I never really thought about it that way, but yeah, I never really thought about it that way, but there's, I've seen some people that have come out of Oklahoma. I'm like, oh, okay. Oklahoma's like, I guess, just like the tail end of the South. Kind of, yeah. It's all that country music, too, so, you know. Yeah, well, that'll rot your brain and make you want to do meth, apparently. Apparently. So, speaking of meth, uh... Compound V could be considered like meth from the boys. We watched some of the boys. Mike, you saw some of the boys. Yeah, it's not quite a bit, actually. Like Since like uh, Saturday, I watched, and this is Tuesday, Liberty Weekend. Mm-hmm. I've watched, uh, I think I watched the entire first season, maybe. Maybe I didn't finish the very end of the last episode. What was the last thing you remember seeing before you passed out? See, I don't remember. Oh, okay. So I turned it off halfway through the episode, um, mm. and I don't remember what was happening. What do you remember? What was what's the last storyline you remember happening? I mean, it's a. Uh, let's see what happened. I think uh, okay, actually, what what just happened was uh, the the one character. Uh, I, I know they call her the female, or it's Amiko or something like that. Like oh, she yeah. just like fucked up. Uh, uh, she just fucked up the uh, the fast guy's leg. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're on the last Johnny episode. Zipper. Yep, Johnny Zipper, uh, a.k.a. A-Train. A-Train, that's it. But yeah, that yeah, you're on the last episode then. So, uh, I watched, I, I saw, I didn't rewatch the first season. I saw the first two episodes of, of this new season. As uh, somebody pointed out, Mike, they... They're they they're doing it like a podcast, basically. They released the first three episodes to let everyone know they're serious, and then they're going to go week by week after that. I I guess it's only going to be like five weeks, five more weeks of releasing it because I I think they're they're eight, they're all eight long. So, but yeah, uh, we'll we'll do a recap of the first season, and then um, you know, if you want to continue watching it, then we can do the new the new episodes when we. When we reconvene next week. Yeah, sure. What do you think of it so far? See, I like it, um, but it's it's kind of unfair to the show that I just, you know, recently watched uh, a much better uh, superhero uh, based show, The Watchmen. Yeah, that's true. And I feel, I mean, it's interesting, but I feel that these themes have been like, you know, already like, you know, explored, you know, ad nauseum, at least mm-hmm. in, you know, stuff I've read and that kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the deconstruction of the superhero i mean that's kind of you know been done quite a bit yeah my i do what i what i like about it is that it, it does kind of like closely like try and follow like the, uh the specifically the dc universe mm. but they have characters that are parallels like you know to their counterpart or uh, par- parallels to their counterparts yes 
Um, you know, they're like uh, their counterparts. Like, you know, obviously Homelander is uh, uh, Superman. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Queen Maeve is uh, Wonder Woman. Right. The Deep is obviously Aquaman. Uh, Starlight, I'm not quite sure. I think I read she's supposed to be like a Supergirl type character. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Black Black Noir is uh, Batman, obviously. Mm -hmm. Black Noir, Um, just in case Noir wasn't black enough. And A-Train is uh, the Flash. Right. And then uh, Translucent who, spoilers, gets uh, killed early on, is the Invisible Man, I guess. I mean, that's... See, I, I heard he... I actually read a, a quite a bit about it as well. I guess he's like a, an original character to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he doesn't really have a direct counterpart, at least not in uh, DC's uh, you know Justice League. Mm-hmm. I mean, Miss Invisible, I guess you could say, from the Fantastic Four. I mean, from what I can tell, they kind of just dip into a variety of like you know superhero type you know like references you know they're not really specifically just stuck with the dc universe i guess that's kind of why he's one of the expendable ones too is because he's you know more of an original character but, like how in the x-men animated series the character morph who dies in the first episode was i think invented just for that mm. but yeah the you know it's funny so from from first the first season uh, you know, you, you see Huey and I can't remember his girlfriend's name now off the top of my head, but you know, they, they really spend about, I don't know, like three to five minutes investing you in this relationship between the two of them. They have, it's all the dialogue is very naturalistic. They seem like they're, you know, like they're a real couple and everything. And then immediately she takes one step off the street and is eviscerated. A half step. Yeah, into just a bucket of blood because of A-Train. And, and he's just sitting there just showered in like gore and he just like goes, I have to go and runs off. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the, that's one of the aspects of the show is that all these people or most of these people, civilians that are populating this show even ones we don't spend a lot of time in just people you know on the street and everything they they're all they're all fans of these superheroes but you can tell they're all kind of like fucking terrified of them too because that that if if heroes existed in the real world that's what it would be like it would be you'd be terrified of them all the time because like homelander is you know, a fucking sociopath for one thing, but the Homelanders, and this is, this has been done before too, like with Brightburn and, and some of the other, although, you know, Brightburn came after this, obviously, but people have explored that before of like, what if Superman was a, you know, a fucking psychopath with all his powers? And that's kind of what Homelander is, um, raised in basically the, the very worst environment you could raise someone with superpowers in. Uh, but I like, I like how it, this show touches on a lot of different issues. So it touches on that aspect. What what would it be like, and how would we feel if people with these powers existed in real life? Obviously, it closely parallels the Seven and and the the superheroes with Hollywood celebrities. Uh, you know, they have to do these press junkets. They have to they have PR teams. You know, it's all about their image. I really like that aspect because it seems pretty realistic, you know, mm-hmm. like because these corporations essentially own and we find out they they almost certainly have created them, you know, for their own purposes. Right. These heroes and the drug that makes them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Vought is basically Disney. 
<laughs> and and these these people are their are their products, and they you know they they send them out to to cities for a fee. They make movies about them and with them. You know, it's, it's the, the whole thing is very tightly controlled. It's very they have brand managers. Yep. They have social media people who you know post for them. Uh, one of the characters, I think it's the D, proudly like says, "Hey, I have four million people hit my Instagram every day." Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, so that's you know, I, I kind I like that aspect of it. I also like the aspect that they they kind of get into of um. There's a like there's a military aspect of, of things too, and a you know because they want to be part of the the defense team and and stuff like that, and they they put that in there, and then there's also a religious aspect to it because all these superheroes are supposed to be born this way, and they're you know quote unquote chosen by God, they're like God's special people. There's something I think it's called capes for Christ or something like that that Starlight was part of and she clearly doesn't care about that anymore they show the the um corruption of you know like evangelists and and things like that they they really use this uh formula to or this this setup of you know superheroes in a realistic type world to try to expose to me the the show is about exposing hypocrisy and lies and fakeness in all aspects of life where it occurs. Sometimes that's in the celebrity culture. Sometimes that's in religion. Sometimes that's in uh, the government and the way the, the government does things. But I think that's kind of what their their goal is, is, you know, kind of just to point out all the hypocrisy and lies and, and fakeness that pervades our society. Just to like how much of our society is built on lies, basically. Yeah, there's a lot of different layers to this. I think it's really that's definitely one of them. It's also you know like celebrity worship. It's uh, mm-hmm. you know just like how it's a good question. I mean, if you had the power of a god, how would you how would you behave morally? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. would you be the same? I'd like to think so, but I doubt it. Yeah, that that kind of that kind of stuff would it separates you from humanity in in a very fundamental way. And even like even like translucent, he I mean, was he always like this weird, creepy perv who like sneaks into the bathrooms or <laughs> right. did he only do that because he got this ability? I mean, you know, a lot of people joke that, oh, if I was invisible, I'd go into like a woman's locker room or you know, men's locker room says mm-hmm. uh, no woman ever. Right. Um maybe Matt but, would you know, though to see uh hidden. Oh, uh, there's no way. he's like, There's a lot of accidents in here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting question, you know. Too like, and then the uh, the show is named after the group led by uh, Billy Butcher. He's mm-hmm. a uh, from all, from what I know, he's he's a completely normal human, but he's just like you know, especially clever and charming. Uh, he has, uh, as you mentioned, Huey, the guy from the beginning. He um, he got him enlisted to join his group. He wants him to plant a bug in the uh, the building where the uh, seven you know are. Mm-hmm. So he, he goes, "Oh, tell them you need to get like you know a personal apology from A Train, which leads him into the tower." And then Translucent actually sees him with the bug, and that's how Translucent follows him out, and then they they basically kill Translucent. Yep. Uh, by shoving dynamite up his asshole. Yep, makes sense. He he's as one does. He's impenetrable from the outside in, but maybe not the inside out. 
great. But yeah, then uh, but then so the boys are Huey and um it's um I believe Mother's, and then he, Mother's Milk and Frenchie. Yeah, there's a Frenchman he uh, and then Mother's Milk. I really like both of those characters, yeah. Frenchie and uh, Mother's Milk. Me too. They really like play off each other well and like they're just like very they seem like, you know, they're very like good actors. I mean, their characters are very blue. See, the thing I don't like about the boys is I I don't know. There's something off. I can't quite explain it. It's it's either the writing or the acting. Mm-hmm. I think it might specifically be the guy who plays uh, Homelander. Like I don't, he doesn't look right for the part to me. Okay. He also kind of reminds me of the guy from Sugar Ray, <laughs> just by like his hair and his face. He does and a little bit distracting. He's I know he's Australian. And so, yeah. yeah, he's Asgardian. So that might that might be throwing you off a little bit. He he does have that kind of like n- from nowhere American accent, the like the kind of general American accent that that often people that are, you know, actors, actors yeah, actors will do from from foreign countries where it's like it doesn't sound like he's from any region necessarily. It's just general American accent. Um and I, I like I can see that he is a little to me. I I can I can appreciate that. I think they should have cast somebody like a Brandon Rolfe or something like that. The guy that played Superman in, I mean not not necessarily specifically him, but the guy that played you know the, the, like he played Superman in Superman Returns. The um, you know the the one with what's her name, uh, Amy Adams or whoever it is. That's not Amy Adams. Um, oh. Kate or Kate Bosworth, maybe is Lois Lane, but um, but anyway, like somebody like that, a like kind of a Christopher Reeve looking guy, but like a very wholesome, handsome looking guy, where it's like not even like a Henry Cavill guy, not not like uh you know I'm super jacked and like I'm like on the cover of GQ, like a really farm boy fucking fresh-faced looking motherfucker and i think that would have worked better because the the guy that plays homelander not that he's not a good actor or or anything but he already kind of looks like a psychopath kind of and i think it would have been better i think it would have been a better juxtaposition if he looked incredibly sweet and turned out to be this this guy super super sweet um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I enjoy the, the show. There's, uh, some parts too that I feel. Hmm. Not a bad show. I mean, it's just not, it's something that I think I could easily get out of. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to watch, you know, cause I, I, Giancarlo Esposito's in it now at the yes. end, you know, he's always fun. And he's, he's um, in season two. The scientist, uh, Vaught, that's actually a guy from The Wire. Uh, he plays Major Rawls. He's really good on The Wire. I like him a lot. I don't know his name, though. Okay. They talk a little more about him in uh, Season 2 as well, at least what I've seen so far. Like I said, I've seen the first two two episodes. And, um, you know, when we come back next week, we can talk about Season 2 and what's going on with that. And then, you know, we'll if we continue with it. At that point, it'll be season two. Will be basically halfway over, so we could just do the next four weeks on season two and and see what happens. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, so uh, I mean, that's pretty much what I've got to say. You got anything else you want to add? No. All right. Well, go to mybookie.ag, dot uh, ag. Play some bets there, and uh, you know, write us at uh, massive late fee at gmail dot com. 
Uh, we're gearing up for the special 100th episode, so we'll uh, we'll read out some some letters then. Until then, we will see you next time. Bye. See you next time.